Everybody at the Nine Empire GB and Empire chapters around the world are saddened by the events that took place on Monday Night Football. Our thoughts are with Damar Hamlin and his family, along with the Buffalo Bills and Bills fans around the world. As much as football is entertainment, there is nothing entertaining about knowing a player is fighting for his life as a result of playing the sport he loves and we adore. We wish Hamlin a full and speedy recovery and send our thanks to all the EMTs and medical professionals who are working so diligently to care for Hamlin. Joining me today are Simon Holdsworth. Hello, Simon. Hello, Paul. And we are the long-awaited return of Cat Victorino to the Frequency 49 show. Hello, Cat. Hello, boys. Yeah. That is so, that is a voice we have waited so <laughs> long to hear. You 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 brighten up any day, Cat. Oh, thank you so much. As I describe myself over here, as I'm the token yank on the show. The token, definitely not the token yank. A major, major part of the show. The glue. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank the you. Yeah. The glue that holds it all together. The San Francisco 49ers rolled into Vegas and bet everything on red. It very nearly came up black. Only an interception from Tashawn Gibson and a 23-yard field goal by Robbie Gould won the game in overtime. An earlier missed field goal attempt at the end of the fourth quarter sent the game into overtime in the first place. That was one heck of a game to watch, wasn't it, guys? Oh, my God. I thought going in, it was going to be a rout, and we were just going to walk all over the Raiders. And I was just, like, edge of my seat the entire game. <laughs> yeah, the NFL throws up a lot of surprises, doesn't it? It's um, just when you think you're on easy street, it comes back and, and bites you in the ass. And I think that's what that's what happened on Sunday. You know, I'd, I'm not entirely sure we underestimated the Raiders, but... It was a lot closer than I think 99% of 49ers fans would have envisaged. Well, I think we got complacent in our thinking only because they benched Derek Carr. And we all know what Derek Carr can do. You know, so this this stidham this comes up and we're like, um, you know. So I think that kind of bit us in the butt. But what I'm really thrilled with is how Brock was able to take us from behind lead us to a tie, and then get us the win. That has absolutely solidified in my mind that he deserves to be QB1. I'm going to start the controversy now. <laughs> Back with a bang. I'm trying so hard not to mention anything about Kat saying Brock Purdy taking it from behind. <laughs> oh, hey now. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be fair, she did say us. So we're all involved. True. True. <laughs> I'm an includer. I include everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> one, of the, one, one of the things that was uh, that was brought up was that this proved to be a much bigger test for Brock Purdy. He he kind of had it relatively not easy as such, but he had games go his way in his in his previous three three full games and and the, and the one part game we took off from uh, took over from Garoppolo. This game was a much tougher game for him, wasn't it? And it was a much a much bigger and better test of Brock Purdy as a player and as a game manager. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think, as you say, Paul, it's the first time he's really encountered any real adversity and it was interesting to see how he reacted. I thought he he performed brilliantly well because, let's not forget, 
you know, there is a lot of pressure on it. Granted, it's not the playoffs yet, but we're still vying for that number one spot. So there is a lot of pressure. It's also a local rival, not a divisional rival, but a local rival. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of bragging rights on that game. And for the, the way he stood up in the fourth quarter going down the stretch, you know, he got lucky with one pass to Brandon Ayuk where I think his, his arm was hit. But he, he, he earned that look by being just precise and managing it all the way all the way through to the end. Cad, what, what were your thoughts on how Purdy overcame what was put in front of him by the Raiders? I think it showed a lot of maturity for a, what, 22, 23-year-old boy? I mean, really. He has just, since he took over for Jimmy, he has just stepped up to every challenge thrown his way, in my opinion. I think, he, you know, he was put into a rotten situation because he was in all the stuff with Trey and, and Jimmy and social media and all that. And then he's got to take over, and he just went and did his job yeah and i love it i just i think it really shows his leadership ability and it really shows that he deserves a starting quarterback position uh with the niners he wasn't phased by what was put in front of him was it this was just another opponent for him to go and beat and he showed that he wasn't i say he wasn't phased by by the occasion by the rivalry no not at all not at all if anything, he grew in stature, didn't he? The more the yeah. pressure was on, the more he seemed to stand up against it. And he's got that kind of cockiness, hasn't he, about him that all the all the greats have got that kind of like, yeah, this is fine. I can handle this. No problem. Watch me. It, I don't know if it's cockiness so much as confidence, that self-confidence, your own ability, and that decisiveness of action that, you know, okay, you all know I love Jimmy, but, he, you know, there have been times when Jimmy is just not decisive. You know, he holds on to the ball, ball too long. I've complained about it on this very show. Um, but Brock, from moment one, just, it was like he walked in there, this is my team. Boom. You know? And he this kid just really impresses me. He, I've been calling him either Brock Star Purdy or uh, Mr. Relevant. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at his stats from the game, he had 22 uh, successful passes of 35 attempts for 284 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and 95.4 passer rating. Comparing that to Stidman, 23 of 34. Um, so that's very com- comparable. 365 yards, uh, which wasn't great by, by the defense, certainly, uh, to give up 365 yards. Three touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 108.1 passer rating. He showed something else to us in that game. He sh- like he showed the maturity. He showed the confidence. He showed the cockiness, whichever, whichever, whatever you want to call it. But he sh- he showed us yet again that he is ready. He's he's ready for this uh, for this challenge. Certainly going into the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely. I I am on the Brock Purdy train one hundred percent, and I honestly. I, I'm watching, you know, game day morning on Sunday and Mooch is saying, I want Brock Purdy to go all the way to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl for the 49ers. And I said, guess what? So do I. (laughs) (laughs) It's also telling. I read, I read quite an interesting stat that Brock in four games, Brock Purdy has more throwaways than Jimmy Garoppolo has in four years. I didn't know in four years. I yeah. didn't know that. Which tells you that it's not necessarily the plays that he's making. It's also the play, the, the bad plays that he's not giving up. 
the sacks yeah, that he's not taking. Yeah. Yeah. It's the decision making. It shows that he really understands that offense and how it's supposed to run. And if it's not there, it's not there. I'm getting rid of it. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Just it, things like that maintain drives. Instead of taking a six yard loss or an eight yard loss, just reset. Let's just re- you know we'll lose a down, but so be it. But we're we're not we're not moving behind the chains. It's noticeable that um, Brock Purdy is, is going through his progressions better and quicker than Jimmy Garoppolo did when he was on the field. And that's giving him the time to make that decision. We'll, 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 we'll throw this ball off and go on to the next down to, to, to progress down the field. And he uses his legs so well as well. He, yeah. evades, he evades the rush better than probably Trey Lance does. Do we know how many sacks we've he's had, he's taken? Uh, he didn't. He, he wasn't sacked on Sunday. I don't think. Yeah, I, don't think, it's I, I not know he was. Many at all. Yeah, it can't be many. No, two. I think from, <laughs> that I can remember. I think Washington got him once. Once. And I think Tampa might have got him once. Because that just got me thinking. I don't remember a whole lot of sacks that Purdy took. No. But I feel like I can remember every single one that Jimmy took. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at our stats pack here, I've got a note that says Niners haven't allowed a sack in five games. Well, that oh, would okay. Be, that would be all of Purdy's games. <laughs> so, yeah, possibly, oh, wow. He's possibly not been sacked at all. Nice. Even better. Yeah. I thought, no, I thought he did get sacked, but. Yeah. Whatever. I like it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, look, <laughs> we'll look into that one. Defensively, what the defense didn't have the best of games on, on Sunday, did they? And no. it, it's you know, we the, the, the Raiders really really knew how to play us. They did. They knew how to how to counter them, and and I was just stunned at how shut down the defense seemed. Yeah, I think there's an element of obviously not knowing the quarterback, having no film really to kind of study to be able to prepare for. But not only that, they they targeted Diomedola De, Noir had a real off day, and I was watching him quite closely. He was targeted a lot. They, they seemed to be able to get Devontae Adams up against him, which Lenore has to be playing a lights out to even kind of cope with someone like Devontae Adams. So, But he was he had a real off day against the run as well. He he whiffed on quite a few tackles. And it just it was just obvious. Teleno Hufanga had an off day in coverage. And, and until sort of Q4, I didn't think Greenlaw and Warner had their best game either. They seemed to be about a step behind the person where they're normally, you know, the first to every tackle and, you know, flying sideline to sideline. But everybody has an off day. And I was, you know, I keep up to date on Twitter during the games and everyone was saying, would much rather them have an off day now than in a couple of weeks. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Is winner go home. I, you know, I see that Fred Warner did leave the team with 13 tackles, uh, eight solo and five assisted, but I feel like he usually has more. They, they, they just, they, they just didn't seem to be getting. To, I mean, Josh Jacobs is a good is a good running back. In fact, Nick Bosa has come out and said he's the best running back that they've come up against this season. But normally we're we we're, we're good against the run and we're hitting running backs either at the line of scrimmage or a yard deep. It just seemed that they were getting five yards before contact, and then there was, you know, there were Josh Jacobs was carrying our players another couple of yards, and they were never really, apart from the second half, in any kind of second and long, third and long situations. They just seemed to move the sticks far too easily. 
But again, off day, the offense has bailed us out. And how many times in the, over the past couple of seasons have we has that been the other way around? Well, and you know, you got to hand it to special teams as well. Drake Jackson caught that interception, that the tying field goal, and his dad is a Raider fan. <laughs> <laughs> his dad was in the crowd. He was wearing yeah. all black with red lettering, and he was cheering the Raiders the entire time. And then his son caught that interception to tie up the game, and he just went ballistic. And the Raider fans were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) There was two really special moments, wasn't there, on Sunday, when Drake Jackson caught his interception. Then the camera panned to him when he was on the sideline, and he was kind of reenacting it. And he was like a little kid looking up, and he goes, oh, look, there's the ball. And then there was (laughs) Jordan Mason's touchdown. It's obviously his first touchdown in in the NFL. And, you know, obviously ran right up to the camera, and you could just see the emotion. But also, you could see how the, his teammates reacted. And, you know, they're absolutely yeah. buzzed off the fact that he'd scored his touchdown. It's obviously been a long while coming, but... That's the thing about this group and how it's been for the last few years is it's it's a team. And I, I'm sorry, I credit Shanahan and Lynch with that because they're the ones who brought these guys together with Parat Martag. You know, and, and the the mindset is it's the team, Super Bowl is the goal, you know, we want to be healthy. We want to be strong. We want to have each other's backs. It's everything you want in a team. <laughs> I don't want to lose it. <laughs> adversity does that to you. And this team, have, over the last few years, this team have been through a lot of adversity in terms of injuries yeah. and, you know, yeah. just, just bad stuff happening. And, you know, lesser groups could have gone completely the opposite way and reacted really badly to it. But they haven't. It's really gelled them together. And like you say, it's credit to, credit to the backroom staff because they've done a great job. And they have. A game of two halves in the Brock Purdy in the first half had 38 passing yards. That was his lowest output in a half since stepping in. The second half, he had 246 passing yards, which was his highest output in a half since stepping into the quarterback spot. Yeah. So that there was obviously some changes that took place at half time um to to enable Brock Purdy to increase his uh, increases passing yards by that by, by that much. Um, one of the things that we used to struggle with, certainly in the previous seasons, was not making changes at halftime. And to some respect, it cost us a Super Bowl as well. Do you think that this is Shanahan that's basically learns how to be a coach? Um, I'm not saying he didn't know how to be a coach beforehand, but do you think this is progression on Shanahan's part? Or just something on the field? I tend to believe it's progression on Shanahan's part, but I think the progression may come more in terms of he's working with his offensive coordinator now. Instead of you being know the what offensive I mean? coordinator. Instead of being the offensive yeah. coordinator, he's working with him. And, yeah. you know, they're coming up with a game plan that works. And then, oops, something's not working. Okay, what do we do to tweak it? You know, so I think there's a lot more collaboration going on there than we know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a definite growth. In he, he's, he's, he's getting a lot more. He's been a lot more aggressive with his play call and you can see he's getting braver. And whether it's because there might whether maybe he just trusts the QB or trusts the players more. Mm. But there was a couple of occasions like when Brock Purdy threw his interception. On third and long, that was a brave play call to to kind of roll out to his left and then come and try and throw back across his body to to yeah. And then the last play, was it the last the penultimate play or the last play of our final drive 
where the ball spooned up in the air and and Ayuk caught it. Shanahan was going for it all because he actually had George Kittle deep, and if he hadn't yeah. that had been touched, that had been a touchdown. So we've we've accused Shanahan of being conservative and taking knees and you know riding the game out and that kind of yeah. stuff. This season, it seems to have been a real culture change, and he's just not doing it. He's going for the jugular, and it's really, really good to see. Uh, what was Salah's thing? All gas, no breaks? Yes. Mm. <laughs> I think Shani's taking that to heart now. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he was, he was barely revving the engine beforehand, was he? You know, he's, uh, and now he's, like you say, it's, it's that, and he's, you know, it helps having people like Christian McCaffrey, who, True. that was a good pickup. Oh my God. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> that, that guy, how that guy is not at the Pro Bowl is one of the biggest travesties to ever happen in football. That's but, insane. He is. I mean, I was excited. I was one of the ones who was really excited when we got him. But he is so better, <laughs> better than I ever imagined. That dude is unbelievable. Oh, I mean, the things he can do and how he opens up the field for everybody else as well. It's like all of a sudden George Kittle's getting catches again. You know, and quite poetic that he overtook Roger Craig's record for catches by <laughs> catches by running back in the first four seasons. I think it was on Sunday. So the, the record stays in San Francisco, which is quite nice. Yes. Mm. I like that. Let's talk Robbie Gould. Another um another miss um to win the game um in in regular time uh this week. Uh he, he then won the game uh, a couple of minutes later in overtime. But I think that's the fifth time now that mm-hmm. he's that he's missed, missed from one. inside the fifty. Yeah, missed from inside the fifty. Do you think Gold's usefulness at the 49ers is coming to an end. I think so. It's his age. I think he's, he's I mean, he's, he's been a kicker for a hell of a long time. And, yeah, 20 you know, years? Yeah, Something nothing lasts yeah. forever. Yeah. I mean, sure, he's the Tom Brady of, of kickers, but how much longer can you really go on? You know? Grandpa, Grandpa Gold now, isn't it? I guess. Grandpa Gold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the the... You're only at your best for so long, you know, and when you're doing something like this, when you're doing something repetitive, you know, over and over and yeah, over yeah. again. And, you know, I, hey, I hit the big double nickels this year. This That was a big one for me. And I definitely don't heal the way I used to. So I can only imagine <laughs> how he's feeling after each game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I I I don't think I mean I think he signed for another year, didn't he? I I think we'll probably move on from Robbie Gold at the end of the year. So mm. it'd be lovely to send him out with a ring. It would be, and it'd be quite he's fitting into his career. Because, yeah, he's had a great career, you know. Yeah. You know, Chicago, and he's been a good kicker. You know, he's it's just like you say, people could beat pretty much everything apart from time. Um, looking at the uh, looking at the playoff structure, um, the 49ers currently have the second seed going into the playoffs with one game to play. Um, I believe that if we win and Philadelphia lose in the next uh, next week or this weekend, the 49ers can claim the number one spot. Yeah, we certainly. But can we're not the only ones that can claim the number one spot. We are if we win. Yeah. If yeah. we win and the Eagles lose, and, and no matter what anybody else does, that, yeah. that puts That's us it. in. That's it. We're done. Yeah. yeah. And how nice would it be to have a bye week? Oh, yeah, definitely. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. And if we stay in the number two spot, so if, if Philadelphia win 
uh, the best we can hope for is the number two spot. If we do get the number two spot, it looks like a possible matchup against Green Bay. Now, as far as playoffs go, we we seem to have the edge over Green Bay. How would you feel about about playing Green Bay in in the playoffs? Fine. We handled them before. We can handle them again. They are getting hot though at the right time, Green Bay. Um, I'd much rather have a bye week. <laughs> but, but I think uh, yeah, it, it uh, could it could Grant, still yes. be one of Seahawks. It's really convoluted this year. We, this, we could still play the Seahawks, the Packers, or the Lions, I believe, even if we get the second. Depending on how it goes in the other games. Do you, do you not think that, certainly now, the bye week can kind of ruin momentum? I, I know that it gives the guys an extra week to recover, but th- there is something to, to lose in that momentum as well. But you're not really stopping practice, stopping conditioning training, stopping any of the film work, anything else that, that you would do, you're yeah. still going to do. You're yeah. just not taking those brutal hits on that weekend. And let's face it, we, five Super Bowls, we were the number one seed. So I'm all for the week off, just especially since we're just getting Debo back and, you know, all, we got all these players coming back right when we need them. If they could have an extra week rest before having to play again, that'd be nice. But if not, so be it. Yeah, there's there's arguments to be made on both sides of that, isn't there? I think, um, you know, momentum's a great thing. I mean, look at look at was it look it was last year, wasn't it? When we get to the NFC Championship game, where we were literally scrapping for everything right up, you know, the last last week of the season, and then you know we scraped through through the wild card, and then we went to Green Bay and beat them, and you know and I think was it the Vikings we beat as well, and you know a few other people, and it, I think we by the time the championship game we'd actually run out of steam a little bit. Yeah. So you know a, a rest as long as like you say as long as it doesn't affect momentum, which you know we've had a bye week recently and it didn't seem to, then you'd rather have the rest I think for the longevity of the playoffs, and then you know you're a week potentially a week more rested to the new Super Bowl. Well, looking ahead now to week 18, um, and we've got the last game of the regular season against the Arizona Cardinals. The 49ers lead the all-time series 13-3 to 29, and the Niners have won one of the last seven meetings in Santa Clara. Um, The last meeting was the 38-10 win for the Niners in week 11 of the 2022 season, and that was in Mexico City. You can all remember that one. Two TDs from both Ayuk and George Kittle helping the 49ers demolish the Cardinals altogether. The Cardinals lost to the Falcons in Atlanta last week, 20-19. That was a close game. They're now 4-12 for the season. Uh, They're basically fourth in the West. What do you think going into this game? We 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 can't take our eye off the ball, can we at all? I you know I don't care about the rankings for either team. I don't care about any of that. You have to be in the moment and play the game that's in front of you and not worry about anything else. Yeah, I agree. I think particularly I think that perversely the game on on last Sunday will have served to be a little bit of a kick up the backside as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that obviously there's no free weekends in the NFL. And I expect us to come out and give the Cardinals a, a roasting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, divisional game and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, you sit. We're undefeated in the division. If we lose to the Cardinals now. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's just silly. <laughs> well, you'd want to sweep the West, wouldn't you? We, we definitely want to sweep the West. But we've, we've got to be wary of the fact that the Cardinals are going to want to come and finish their season with a win. 
Um, we cannot rest on this game. We've got to give it absolutely everything we've got. Looking at the teams side by side in comparison, offensively, we are in the top top half of the league in every uh, in every asset. Points per game, yards per game, rushing yards per game, and passing yards per game. 13th, 9th, 7th, and 5th. The Cardinals are in the bottom half of the league. Uh, defensively, it's a similar sort of thing, except that the 49ers are top of the league in points allowed per game and in rushing yards allowed per game. The Cardinals are the bottom half of the league again. It, I, I don't want to say foregone conclusion because it's not. We've got to play the game that's ahead of us. We've got, we, we can't rest on our laurels on this one at all. No. We, we can't rest players. And people want to rest players for the playoffs. We can't rest players, can we? No. No. If we if we're thirty points up at half time and Nick Bosa has six sacks, then we can rest players. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not at halftime. Maybe at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and give him time to come back. I don't trust this team that much. <laughs> <laughs> but God, are they fun to watch? They have been a lot of fun to watch. They really have. Uh, the Niners are opening thirteen and a half point favorites for this game. I'm going to be, I'm, that's generous. I'll be honest with you. I think that's generous. And coming on the back of the Raiders game, I think that kind of flatters us a bit. I don't think anybody should open up 13 and a half point favourites in the NFL. I don't think, it, it, it's it, it, the games are a lot closer than that. No matter what which teams are playing, you know, you could be 0 and 12 and you'd still think, well, they could still get within three or within seven of anybody at any given Sunday. Did Bosa get a sack against the Ra- against the Raiders? I no, I believe, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. But he did. He, he had the pressure. Um, he he basically put the um, the tackle on skates and pushed him into the QB to cause to Sean Gibson's interception. And there's a really nice viewpoint of that from from the 49ers defense side of the ball where they, they, uh, the 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 where the camera's positioned is it shows Bosa rushing the passer. It shows the ball going up in the air. Yeah. And before it's even been caught, he's running off with his hands in the air <laughs> towards, towards the sideline. And he, I'm like, get downfield and block. We can return this. To the what the hell are you doing? And he's, it just shows he's up, his hands are up in the air before the ball's even been caught. It's hilarious. Oh it's gosh. absolutely hilarious. But yeah, he's um, he's a real character. And, and look, he's even when he's not sacking the quarterback, he's 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 making players that make a huge difference and. If he doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, then there needs to be there needs to be some kind of investigation because he is can, so incredible. Oh my and... god! How can how can they deny him this year? He has been head and shoulders above anybody. Yeah, anybody. Absolutely. I'm not going to ask you to predict the score in the Arizona Cardinals game. We got bitten by that one in the uh, the Atlanta Falcons game, and I'm not doing it again this season. At all. <laughs> so, That's yeah. wise. We're, we're, we're just we're just looking forward to a great game. That's all I'll say. Yes, and, and, and hopefully the number one seed, you know. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully come out of it with the number one seed. Uh, we need a little bit of help from the Philadelphia Eagles on that one. So, But we've, we've mentioned momentum and having a bye week, but, you know, the injury to Jalen Hurts, and you'd, you'd expect them to turn things around when he comes back, but momentum can go in the opposite way. And, you know, losing two games on the spin, if they lose a third, even with Jalen Hurts back, you know, losing becomes a habit. Uh, looking at the pick six to round out the show, uh, weekly winner this week in the pick six, 
there were one, two, three, four, five weekly winners. James Little, Josephine Martinez, Andy Watson, Robert Deal, and Karen Redman all got 14 points. All pick sixes. Uh, the table nice. after week 17, uh, top of the leaderboard is Bjorn Kleigru on 86 points. Matthew Evans on 85. One point in it, guys. Stephen Box is in third place on 82. James Little on 81. And Simon Holdsworth, Mike Found share the fifth spot with 80 points. On the admins table, Steve Box, number one, 82 <laughs> points. James Little, 81. Simon Holdsworth, you're there on 80 points. Nathaniel James on 71. Michael Wandai, 68. Deepak, yeah, give it up now, Deepak, 66. Mark <laughs> Lyon, 46. Graham Ross, 39. And little old me on one, two, three, four, five points. Bloody Washington, <laughs> Washington then, Commanders then... cost me a pick six this week. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> And Honestly. I'm down at the bottom at zero. Screw you, Ron Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> Any parting thoughts, guys, before we wrap the show up this week? I just want to add to the DeMar Hamlin uh, thing. I certainly hope that uh, the NFL and all its teams decide to add his number as a patch on their jersey or on their back of their helmet or whatever. Uh, to show solidarity from the NFL community that we wish him a speedy and full recovery. That's a good shout, that guy. Yeah, amen. And I'd just like to say, Kat, it is absolutely great to have you back on the show. Oh, thank you. I I'll, miss I'll say that as well. Kat, what's your number? I'll put it on the back of my jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. All this right. is a lot of fun. <laughs> you really have been sorely missed, Kat, so it's great to have you back on the air. And uh, everybody. I'm, I'm sure everybody in the Niner Empire GB crew will be really, really pleased to hear you back. Oh, it's lovely. I'm, I'm no. glad to be back. We'll, we'll hopefully get you on this side of the desk again at one point um, <laughs> in, in the coming weeks. <laughs> but, yep, that, that, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, that is it for the Frequency 49 show this week. Thank you to everybody that's involved in keeping the show on the air. You all know who you are. It is time to say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Go Niners. On behalf of Simon Holdsworth and Cat Victorino, I've been Paul McDonald. You've been the audience. And this has been the Frequency 49 show. Bye for now. <laughs>